0: Fuse Box. All righty. This is Fuse Box number 229 Nucket and Futs. And you can check your
1: brain at the door.
2: Well, you know what? You might as well just leave it there, too. I mean... Clearly, you're not using it.
1: It was the American Revolution
2: that caused people to question slavery. No one had questioned it before we decided as Americans that we are endowed by our creator with unalienable rights. Nobody questioned it, Ron? How about the enslaved? You think they might have had a few issues with it? Oh, just just go ahead. No one had questioned it before we decided. As ah! the- Yeah, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome in to this, the 229th edition of Fusebox, unbiasedly entitled Nuckin' Futs, and uh, I'm yourself actualized but only if someone's watching, host, Mark Rose, and uh, joining me on this audio tire fire of a show is the Switchfinder General. The first church of the last gasp (laughs) milk canes everybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) what did i do to deserve that
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i'll tell you you're you're a valuable asset to the show mr canes and i i just think everybody should know that that's that's it just saying
0: well thank you kindly and uh well we've got a bit to crow about yeah
2: (laughs) well we do we we do indeed Mr. Keynes, we do indeed. It's a good day in Fuseville for uh, certain, and uh, we'll we'll get into all that in a bit. Also, uh, you know, we have another, <laughs> as you no doubt can surmise from our open here, another supremely perilous dive deep down under, friends. Uh, no, no, not Australia. That would be interesting. Yeah. No, back down into the murky and stinky Algae encrusted with a little flesh-eating bacteria on the side Waters of the F place To hear how history and reality are frantically trying to be sculpted Into one white guy's idea of a true xenophobic
0: paradise
2: All green and buzzing
0: Well, then there's... That guy <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> That's our highly opinionated Kinkajou named Kyle Well, he, He's not one for mincing words And I'm sure he'll have a Now,
0: aren't they called uh, Honey bears too?
2: Oh <laughs> Been reading the National Geographic again Have you Mr. Gaines? Maybe <laughs> Well, you're absolutely correct and
0: today on wildly wild critters in the wild (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about the mysterious kinkajou yeah and this is the part where your a rugged assistant Gets to wrestle a 25-foot anaconda while being chased by crocodiles in a piranha-filled river, right? Uh, That
2: would be the case, yes, Mr. Kane. So you've seen this show,
0: huh? Uh, yeah.
2: So the question soon becomes, are you feeling rugged? Uh, yeah, no. Thought not. Pity that. I love a good crocodile chase in piranha-filled waters while wrestling a 25-foot anaconda. Well, uh, when we return, we uh, will fill your ears with glorious good tidings, with fun and frivolity, and with great news about that curious sucking hole of a state down there. Yeah, in that area down there. Join us,
0: aren't we? I think I'll go with you. TheFuseBoxShow.com.
2: Alrighty, friends, we have some great news to share about uh, some goings on here, and uh, we want you to be the first to know.
0: Well, now technically, they might be the collective second to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose, but <laughs> but who's counting
2: anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Mr. Pollard for that one Yeah, that's
0: his
2: (laughs) So as you know, friends We love to do these spoken word adventures From time to time on this here show And that's a segment we call Twisted Epiphanies And they've been uh, written and voiced by a host of folks Including our very own social media maven Regina Carroll Jeff Pollard Jody Lorimer And uh, as on our last show uh, By Joe Medina Just a lot of talented folks So imagine my delight when I got the word the other day that uh, two such works, one written and performed by Lawrence Overmeyer called Message in a Bottle and the other written and performed by Jody Lorimer entitled Estate Sale, had been selected by a group in Glasgow, Scotland called Radiophrenia, to be part of a radio festival event they are um, having in late August, early September of this year. And uh, this thing will be broadcast and streamed worldwide.
0: Well, how about
2: that? Yeah, you know what? I think that deserves a little fuse box shout out, don't you think?
0: Hell yeah! Ta-da! Good on ya!
2: Absolutely! Congrats! Yeah, yeah. So uh, congrats to Lawrence and Jody for being in that illustrious uh, list of recorded performances that uh, will share the air with a dozen or so producers of pre-recorded work all over the world. Oh, so they're not actually getting to go to Scotland. (laughs) <laughs> if it were only so, Mr. Keynes. Um, oh. No, uh, but, but the, uh, the other contributors to the program uh, are live performances And uh, they make up a lion's share of the schedule from what I can see from uh, past events uh, This thing, Radiophrenia, has been going on for years, as it turns out It was really something to be invited to uh, submit entries to this thing I'm uh, I'm really really glad and delighted and thrilled to uh, have made the cut there. Oh oh, and lest we forget, we're going to feature both of these entries in this here program, and uh, we'll start that with this one, written by Jody Lorimer and first featured on uh, Fusebox number two hundred eight, entitled "Grim Wits." Here's a state sale.
1: The kids called him Buzzard Beak for his hooked nose. But then they were all a bunch of smartasses. It was supposed to be a play on him and his son having been turkey ranchers back in the day. Aha. But then he got old, and wild turkeys could be found wandering around the main street of town. Didn't seem there was any point to keeping it up. His name was actually Eugene, and it sort of suited him. Fuzzy white hair that ran over his ears, a bald spot in the middle, and roomy blue eyes. He was a nice enough old guy, almost 90 years old. After his wife died a few years back, he seemed to just want to be left alone to putter around his cabin, or whatever he did after giving up the turkeys. I think he just let him go, lost interest they could take their chances with the Bobcats. His son stuck around. He was kind of a knothead. Don't know if he ever really had a job. Always looked like he just stepped off a cattle car in a strange town. But I guess he was company for Eugene. The kid was sort of a recluse too, slipping into town to buy groceries and such and slipping out again. No friends, really. As constable, I'd been asked to drop in on him now and then make a welfare call, as I do for a lot of the old folks who live out away from town. What with rattlesnakes, old mine shafts, and the occasional meth freak, it's a comfort to know they're doing okay. Last time I was out, the kid, well, he was about 60 by this time, met me coming up the drive. The place was more ramshackle than I remembered it. We chatted a bit, and he assured me his dad was just fine, but he was napping, so couldn't say hi himself, but promised to tell him I'd come by. The next time I dropped by was... different. The driveway was pretty overgrown. The tarweed and poison oak had taken over his wife's old kitchen garden. I knocked on the door, but there was no answer. He may have been napping again and the sun in town. But there was a low hum, a fan maybe, so the old man just may not have heard the knock. I rubbed my sleeve on the dirty glass to clean a spot and cupped my hand over my eyes. Then I looked in the window. There was a pair of bare feet with toenails the color of tea that wrapped like claws over the toes. Then legs, bones really, propped up on the recliner footrest. In the gloom, I could just make out what was left of a chest. A head thrown back with a matted cloud of white fuzz around the ears. The watery blue eyes long hollowed out. The mouth wide open and lips peeled back in a grimace from the crooked yellow teeth. There was what was left of a naked person sitting in a bark lounger It had to be Eugene. What was left of his buzzard nose rose like a sail between the puddle of his sunken cheeks. He'd been there for a long time. I called for backup. The coroner couldn't possibly determine the cause of death. Seems he'd been dead for over three years. Eugene was a mummy with not a drop of liquid left in him. His skeleton was visible in spots where the skin thinned out. Sitting in his chair on all those furnace-hot California summer days, the doors and windows shut, sucked it all out of him. He was baked. His skin was sort of leathery to the touch. But I only touched it once. But his knothead son had lived there too all that time, with his dad's naked dead body just sitting in that chair. For years. Did Dad take off all his clothes for comfort one day and just take a nap he never woke from? Every day, his son would have seen him. It was a small cabin. He'd have to step around his father's dead body to get to the kitchen to eat. How could he do that? Every day, Dad would be a little more sunken, the chair soaking up fluids, The flies swarming, humming constantly, probing into his ears, crawling along his teeth and down his throat. And yellow jackets. His skin loosened, went flaccid, then tightened into a sort of tanned hide with a bone sticking out here and there. The stink must have been terrible. Maybe that's why the fan had been running, and for years. Did he have conversations with his dad? In some corner of his weak mind, did he believe he wasn't dead? Did he even care? What he did do was continue to cash his father's social security and retirement checks. He assumed his father's identity and lived with and off him. To keep getting the money, he couldn't tell anyone his dad was at home dead in his recliner. About the time his dad was discovered, the son dropped dead in town after leaving the Quickie Mart with a bag of sugared donuts and a six-pack of Coke. A nephew was contacted to dispose of the estate
0: That one still gets me (laughs) Irony just
2: drips off that one Wondrously crafted by Jody Lorimer And narrated by her as well Twiddled by yours truly And uh, we'll have Lawrence Overmeyer's winning offering Message in a Bottle A little later on in this here program But
0: first... (laughs)
2: Yes, but first, Mr. Kane Something I know you are really tickled by
0: Oh, buddy, you know it I can't fucking believe this is really a thing Or is that thing?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of is things in this case Yeah Well, uh, friends, as you may recall uh, One of our favorite people in the whole world And uh, one we had uh, featured in a two-part Fusebox interview with 42nd Street Pete is uh, about to become part of the ever growing Fusebox family. As starting with the next show, number 230, we'll begin a new feature called A Grindhouse Minute with 42nd Street Pete, and we're just as giddy as a bevy of Turkish aqua gophers about that.
0: <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Can't wait for this, bro.
2: Well, Pete will be a uh, monthly feature on the show, and uh, we are really, really looking forward to the association there. It's, uh, it is it going to be a hoot. Trust me.
0: <laughs> yes, but that's not all. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, Mr. Cain, you're very much mistaken. Here it comes. We are also welcoming...
0: Fuse box has its first sponsor. Yes! You heard it right,
2: friends. This is no gag. Although the spots planned are going to be more than a little entertaining. Yeah, I mean, come on. This is fuse box for dog's sake. Indeed, indeed. We're going to be welcoming, uh, as our, our premier sponsor on this program, Grindhouse Resurrection magazine, to the fold. And uh, thank them profusely for entrusting us with their uh, reputation.
0: Which I'm sure will destroy in one, well, maybe two spots, yeah? Yeah, something like that, yeah.
2: So uh, we'll have even more info on all that uh, on this uh, upcoming show.
0: <laughs> Cannot
2: wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you can't.
0: Because you can only vote twice. The Fusebox Show. Com.
2: All right, friends, get your uh, hazmat suit ready. Yes, because it's time to take another brave visit to the land of the burning doomed. Texas? No, but uh, they may be running a close second these days. No, I'm talking about that haven for the unwoke. Meaning asleep. And headed right over the edge into xenophobic oblivion. Yes, let's go to explore the sunshine hate, shall we? Okay, we got we got to address this 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 newest list to come out as uh, reported by uh, NBC lately. Uh, <laughs> thanks thanks to Jeff for uh, finding this one.
0: Uh, hold uh, up! Looks like somebody had uh, seven or nine too many pina coladas over there before making this list. There are 11 entries on this top 10 list, and it looks like there are two fours. Well, there's a reason. Uh, There's a reason. As as we have a a tie
2: for fourth place, Mr. Keynes.
0: Oh, yeah. Roger that. Uh,
2: So uh, the, the list we refer to is the, quote, 10 worst places to live and work in the USA. And who do you suppose is at the very bottom? ...of that list.
0: Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me, don't tell me. I, I, I've I, got this, bro. Uh, it's Florida.
2: Well, of course it is. You can plainly see that as you're looking at the list.
0: <laughs> well, don't pull the curtain back too far, man. There are people listening. <laughs> well, or at least that one guy in that stained raincoat is, I think.
2: Yes, friends, at the bottom, ironic in a sad way, is the sunshine state. Why, you ask? Well, for uh, uh, just one example, quoting the list here, Florida is one of the most difficult states to vote in, according to researchers at Northern Illinois University. Uh, Governor, the Sandslug argues that none of that is stopping huge numbers of people from moving to Florida. And, uh, well, he does have a point The state leads the nation in just about every measure of migration But, rated strictly on life, health, and inclusion The Sunshine State can be a rather dreary place, says the report
0: Well, any place that thinks slavery had benefits to the enslaved Is definitely living in the upside down
2: Yes, yes The uh, Board of Education in that state says that uh, the African-American studies program, quote, significantly lacks educational value, adding that they would consider a revised curriculum with, quote, lawful, historically accurate content.
0: Well, you know, as long as the, quote, lawful and historically accurate content is written by Professor Whitey Cracker and endorsed by the KKK, well, we should be good to go, bro. The mind boggles. It just boggles.
2: How one can equate anything acquired by force as an inherited skill is positively, certifiably insane.
0: That's a GOP, pal. What's up is down, what's right is clearly wrong, and uh, by the way, step right this way to the crematoriums.
2: If it walks like a fascist And talks like a fascist
0: It's probably a Republican
2: Well, that seems to be the problem today, friends Oh, and uh, n- t- Not to be outdone The number one worst place To live on that list Yeah? Texas
0: Oh, big surprise
2: But there is good news for the People's Republic of Florida Oh, yeah? Yeah, hmm You know what? You remember that uh, floating mass of seaweed That was twice the width of the U.S. and Heading for Florida? Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, there's great news about that stuff. It now contains flesh-eating bacteria. That's right. Yes, indeed. The now gargantuan mass, which is already washing up on some coastlines, has gone well beyond logistically dangerous. Now, (laughs) it will virtually eat you. This bacteria called Vibrio funiculus finiculi, finiculi, will quite seriously dissolve your skin when touched. Apparently, too, this uh, recent version of the bacteria seems to have been influenced by plastics found in the ocean. In other words, some sort of commingling biologically has been occurring uh, uh, in recent times and has caused this recent version of the this stuff. This, this is significant because it's only in the last 50 years... That the plastics have become a uh, fixture of the ocean
0: Oh, holy carp! You you know what? I I think you may actually get your wish, bro
2: We get a kinkajou for president? (laughs) Thank you, Kyle
0: Yeah, that fantasy of yours about a 600-foot lizard Coming up out of the Gulf of Mexico And trampling the living shit out of that state Might just be getting a tick closer to happening
2: Well, it ain't looking good Wait! perhaps the uh, benefit of polluting the ocean so severely. What do you think, Ron? This course on black history, what are one of, what's
3: one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say... Ah!
2: Just more baffling evidence, friends. It's why we endlessly seek the answer to the toxic, flesh-eating, seaweed-encrusted question,
3: What the fuck, Florida?
2: And speaking of viral infections... (laughs) You know, we mentioned that another of the twisted epiphanies selected for presentation in uh, the Radiophrenia event in Glasgow, Scotland... ...was written by another friend of the show and terrific writer and actor... ...Lawrence Overmeyer... Who crafted this little gem, which first appeared way back on Fuse Box number five, entitled, funnily enough, Twisted Epiphanies Part One? It's called Message in a Bottle.
3: The television creeped in through the back door when we were on vacation. It stole into the living room disguised as a necessary component of a modern-day lifestyle. So we didn't notice it for quite a long time. It seemed harmless enough, kind of cute actually, but it began to grow. We fed it little bits of attention at first, but soon it wanted more, and more, and more. We threw it scraps of idle moments and snippets of an hour. But still it grew and grew and grew, till huge chunks of an afternoon and evening, whole weekends and slices of terribly gloomy days were not enough to satisfy its need. It spread its boxy fingers into every corner of the house, up the stairs into the bathroom, down on the mantel in the den, then to the kitchen and the bedroom, even beside the baby's crib. And still it sucked away the hours, gobbling fortnights with a trowel. We, desperate for some respite, gave it everything we had, our hearts, our minds, and even more. And now this huge, invasive, psycho psychoblob of perfidious Bizno babble is holding an advertisement to our heads and threatening to take over the world. It's too late for us. But if you get this message. Please, whatever you do, run, hide, anything, but save yourself before it's
2: too late. Much fun and really true.
0: I was going to say, some things never change. Damn thing is still with us.
2: Perhaps the method of delivery
0: has altered a little bit, but
2: not the medium. That is for certain. So yeah, check out Fusebox number five for more of that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, we had an interview with both Larry and Nancy McDonald on that show, too Yes,
2: we did, and, uh, and a fun one, that was, too uh, Back in the fuse box antediluvian past Yeah, you know,
0: we're, we're coming up on ten years Yes, ten
2: years Yes, indeed, we are But uh, more on that celebration later, friends And with that harrowing thought... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'll call it a show, but uh, not before thanking our contributors to this edition of Fusebox: Nico Lane for resplendent WTFisms, and congrats again to Jody Lorimer and Lawrence Overmeyer for spectacular spoken wordplay. And. Gregory Wilson for glorious linerizations. Thanks as always to the inter-ante-room man of mystery, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on.
0: Oh, pleasure's always, bro. And hey, you out there in the bathrobe and sandals, how about you doing us a solid and subscribing to this here show? Maybe even give us a review while you're at it, yeah?
2: Yeah, but you might wanna lose the rubber ducky before though, okay? I'm sorry, Kyle. You like that look, huh? All right, never, never mind. But you could head right on over to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the fuse box show and uh, really show your loyalty, support, and overly anxious need to be one of the cool kids by joining us there as well. By signing up, you'll get, well... Free swag, early release of shows, and access to Kyle's secret grindhouse collection. sorry, guy. But, you know, we all got to take one for the team, you know? Uh, Thanks, as always, to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. Uh, When next we meet... The first 42nd Street Pete treat. And an installment of... Deadly Inventions of Death. Yeah. So please... Join us for that. I have been your laughing uncontrollably at tornadoes host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fusebox.